Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Low and Zo Show. So today we are joined again by our friend Coach Dan, which uh, by the way, we well Zoe decided that was his name. Yeah. It's not what you actually call yourself. No. <laughs> Just On this podcast in our reality. Yeah, yeah. It's Coach Dan. Yeah. For uh, our audience, you're Coach Dan. Um, sorry, not sorry. Anyways, um, but today we wanted to uh, dive a little bit further into what we talked about last episode. Yes, which is the concept of coming from fear versus coming from love. And how it like really is as simple as this. If we're looking at our relationships, if we're looking at, you know, getting a different outcome in this area of our lives, it's about figuring out where you're coming from fear and replacing it with love. And we're going to talk a bit about like how that physically manifests. A lot of this sort of like BS (laughs) dating advice you hear out there on social media and uh, how, yeah, it just comes back to love versus fear. Yeah. So let's get started. I'm Lo. And I'm Zoe. And this is The The Lo and Zoe Show. We're coaches and entrepreneurs who firmly believe that an abundant mind is the key to an abundant life. On this podcast, we're going to be talking everything from how to manifest more money, travel, success in business and beyond, to overcoming the blocks that are holding you back, to rewiring your brain so you can easily attract whatever it is you want the most in life. If you haven't already, be sure to join us inside our Facebook community, Abundant Mind Tribe, for daily tips, mindset hacks, manifesting tricks, and more that'll allow you to build the confidence you need to manifest the abundant AF life you deserve. Now let's get started. All right. Hi, Coach Dan. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back, Coach Dan. (laughs) Okay, don't yell at the point. (laughs) Zoe's like yelling at us right now. I know that you're excited. Um, What are we talking about today, Zoe? So today we're talking about that concept of coming from fear versus coming from love. So Coach Dan, if you could explain this concept to us, because upon explaining it to me, I feel like so many things shifted and changed in my life and my awareness just expanded so much. So I know that this episode is going to really enlighten our viewers out there listeners out there Sorry. okay um so it it was something that was introduced to me actually i uh um started talking to this girl uh, a couple months ago and who's now my girlfriend and um she when we first started talking she introduced me to a book called a return to love by marianne williamson um and she brought it up a number of times and i'm not a huge reader so a lot of you know, her bringing up was me being like, oh yeah, maybe I'll get to it. But I've been recommending books to you for like three years. I don't yeah. think you've ever read one. Never. <laughs> Not one. Um, so I just kept putting it off. And I think at one point she told me, oh, there's an audiobook that you can listen to. It's like, oh, I can stomach that. Um, and the, the, you know, the, the book goes into depth about a lot of, um, a lot of the concepts around love. But the, the takeaway for me, um, and I like, you know, I ended up going back to her and really appreciating that she she recommended it to me because it, it she had this idea that you know it was going to speak to me in a certain way and it did um but the the concept that really stood out for me was this idea of coming from a place of love coming from a place of fear mm-hmm. versus coming from a place of fear um and it's this idea that you know if, if we just look at dating and love in general right now we have a lot of different uh words for things we've got insecurities we've got um, you know, things we like, things we don't like. We've got all these categories and, it, you know, if you make a list of it all, it's, it's very overwhelming and it's a lot to pick apart. But if you come back to the simple idea of, you know, where all of that stems from, I think it's very easy to break it down in those two categories, which is it either comes from this place of love mm-hmm. or it comes from this place of fear. And for most of us, we're not, we're not conscious of that. We're not aware of that. So a lot of the actions we take 
that lead to undesirable results come from that place of fear where it's like we're so focused on avoiding something we're so focused on not experiencing the same things we've experienced in the past and past relationships and past um, yeah. you know in times where we put ourselves out there and we've really like felt like we've loved someone we don't want to experience that again so we end up you know, having a lot of things that we do stem from this place of fear. I'm afraid that this is going to happen again if I do this, or I'm afraid that this person's going to cheat on me like the last two people do. Yeah. Or if I, you know, go and ask this girl out, she's going to reject me. And it's like all of those actions stem from that place of I'm fearful of the outcome or where this is going to go. And then inevitably that's how it ends up going. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, so for me, like this was such a breakthrough to have because I sort of shared a little bit in the last episode. I feel like in all areas of my life, except for like the possibility of a romantic relationship, which is something I've really gone to work on, especially like with Dan in the last few months, especially, but I am able to create like very desirable outcomes. I have really like powerful friendships. I've got great relationships with my family. I My business is doing well. And I remember... Dan, you brought up something um, or like sort of a metaphor, which is like, if you want any area of your life to thrive, you give it more love. If you want your business to do well, you don't, you're not like, well, I'm going to pull away from this and see if it comes for me. Yeah. You're not like, I'm going to ignore my friends and hope that they give me more love or that my friendships th- start thriving. We know that in order for something to thrive, we need to give it more of our energy. But then when it comes to romantic relationships, there's just this idea that you need to almost be less available, right? Yeah. In order to get the love that you want, withhold it. Show that person what they're not getting. And so it was like this real breakthrough moment for me to be like, I don't have the outcome or like this, the you know circumstances I desire in this area of my life because I'm not coming from love in this area. And it's really the only area that I'm not coming from love in, right? Whereas other areas I have what I want (laughs) and it's because I like flow a lot of energy and love into those areas and so that was just like I was definitely someone who prescribed to all of these ridiculous books about like be less available and the person will want you more essentially right I don't know I know so like you yeah definitely like I used to watch all those Matthew Hussey videos all that stuff on YouTube and read all those books and I just you know through this concept especially I was like why did I ever spend so much time trying to trying to be something that I'm not rather than just working on myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like the actions that we take out of fear will give us like some examples of like, I think it can be as simple as looking at what are the types of actions we take out of fear? What are the types of actions we take out of love? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think we have this idea of love that is, it's very much conditional love. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's fear. We, we talk about like, oh, I'm just, you know, giving unconditional love to this person in my life. But in reality, it's very conditional. It's, I'm giving this to this person and expecting this in return. And if I don't get it, mm-hmm. that's when I get into everything. And in terms of pulling away, it's like, that's where it shows up where I'm like, well, I'm putting myself out there and I'm loving this person, but then they didn't give me the result that they wanted or they didn't, you know, answer or respond to what I said in the way that I wanted them to, so now I'm gonna pull away. I've done what I needed to do, or I've put myself out there, and I haven't been met with what I wanted to be meet, met with. Um, and it's this very, it's this very conditional love. Um, whereas when you look it's at- It's not even really love, it's fear. It right? is. Conditional it is. love is fear. <laughs> yeah, it's this, um, 
yeah, it's a fear of like, they didn't give me this response, so I can't put myself I'll out withhold. there. Yeah. I'll withhold it now. And like, they need to prove themselves to me that, you know, they're worth having my love. Uh, and you go down that whole whole yeah. road of things. Um, so really, it's like, I, the one example that comes up, I think, all the time with me is this idea of being too available. Um, and people will say to me, you know, I, I've, I've done that before. Like what you're describing, I've actually done that. I've been unconditionally loving. I've put myself out there 100%. And when we start to talk about where that came from, it was, you know, I put a lot into this relationship because I was scared if I didn't, he was going to leave or she was going to leave. Right. Um, so although it feels like, you know, I'm putting this effort in this relationship from a good place, it's from this fear of if I don't do this, this relationship will be no more. Or it's it's like if you're reaching out to that person all the time, you're texting them all the time. Like again, that might be that's coming from you needing validation from that person, right? So it like looks like you're making yourself super available. You're coming from love. You're showing up unconditionally, but in reality, you're like, I'm gonna keep texting this person, or I'm gonna like keep trying to make plans with them, or whatever. It's like all about where are you coming from? Yeah. Because that's what you're creating, and you've um, I think maybe it was from that book that you referenced the quote of the love that you're not getting is the love that you're not giving. Yeah, something along those lines. It's like we we look at love as like, for me to give a certain amount of love, I need to get a certain amount of love, which is completely backwards. It's if if I want a certain amount of love, I have to give that same level of love. Well, this really comes back to like just the way of thinking about things in terms of reflection or mm. like everything is just a reflection or you are just a mirror. So if you want more love, in your romantic relationships, give more love in your romantic relationships. Yeah, and we get very attached to the idea of where that love comes from. So, you know, there are certain romantic relationships where we feel like, well, I'm putting the love into this and I'm just not getting it back. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we get attached to like, I want that love back from this particular person. And there's there's nothing we can ever do to ensure that the person that we're with is going to give us the love that we want. At the end of the day, it's like maybe that's just not the relationship for us. Right. But the idea of coming from that place of love sets the foundation for your entire life. So you can focus all you want on the specific relationship with the person that you're currently looking at, but that may not be the person that's going to show you the love that you're putting out there. Right. Yeah. So if you're coming from unconditional love like you're going to get it either with this person that you're with or they're going to fall away because they're not able to reflect that back to you yeah. and make room for someone else. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's one thing, Coach Dan, that you told me is like the, the unconditional love that I've, I've given in the past to relationships or that love that I've given out there to the world, it's, it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Explain this concept as you do because I feel like it's very transformative. Yeah, so it's like... If, if I'm putting love into a relationship that I currently have, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm dating a girl and I'm putting love into that relationship and I feel like I'm you know coming from this loving place um, and that's the energy that I'm putting into the relationship and I'm not met with that or I feel like I'm not getting you know that same level that I'm putting in, I can focus a lot on like, well, I'm doing my job or I'm doing you know my share of things and I'm not receiving that from the other person. Um, but then I got to start to ask myself, well, why am I so attached to that? Because if I'm putting love out there simply to get it from someone else, I'm doing it conditionally. And I'm now withholding that love as a result of mm -hmm. that because I'm not getting it from that person. Whereas if I can go in a relationship and I can put my love into it and say, you know what, at the end of the day, 
I can show up for this person in the most loving way possible. I can come from that place. And if it doesn't work out, there's someone else out there for me. You're not putting that love into that person, into that relationship for the sake of getting it back. Right. You're doing it because fundamentally that's who you are and who you want to be. And it feels good yeah. too. I remember I've heard this Abraham quote about like, the last time you were in love, you thought you felt so good because that person was loving you. But what actually felt good was that you were loving them. And you can do that regardless of if you're getting it back or not. Yeah. yeah. And along those lines, Dan, you said too, it's, um, you know, when you're out of a relationship, maybe and you're missing that situation. I think you told me that you are missing the way that you were showing up. You were missing that, like, giving the love because it's such a natural thing to do. Yeah, we get very attached to, and I find the conversations I have with people, they're very attached to the idea of, I can only be happy with this person. And if I lose this person, well, I can no longer be happy until I find another one. So people go through these phases uh, between relationships where, you know, they're in a relationship, things are really good. When it starts to go bad and then they end up breaking up, they go for this, you know, year-long period of, like, feeling miserable and feeling down and feeling like, you know, what they had they can never have again until eventually they meet someone and they have that. But it's, like, it's not the person in front of you that had you feel that way. It's how you were in that relationship right. with them. So if you can start to see that you're the common denominator and all that, if you love someone and you put your love out there, you get to feel happy and fulfilled. Whereas if you withhold that love from, you know, either the person you're with or just people in your life, you start to take away from how you feel. And it's easy to point the finger and say, that's because that person's no longer in my life or that's because that person's not showing up the way I want them to. But realistically, it's the love you're not, you know, giving is the love you're not getting. And I think that like what's more likely, because we were kind of saying like, oh, if you are not, if you're giving unconditional love and you're not getting it back, you know, like I think what's actually more likely is that person will start reflecting it back to you, right? When you start coming from more love, the people around you will start flowing it towards you. And if you are in a relationship where they just can't do that for whatever reason, in that scenario, they would fall away and make room for someone who was able to meet you there. But I think probably what's more likely is that the person you're already with is able to reflect back to you that like up level in how much love you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it, we were very, I think especially where we're at in the world right now, we, we expect very instantaneous results. Right. So, you know, we'll have a day where we're like, I'm going to do everything for this person. I'm going to, you know, completely love them. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make them breakfast. I'm going to make them feel loved. And then if by the end of the day they haven't shown us what we want them to show us, oh, we'll screw that. You know, I, I tried and it didn't work. Which isn't actually love. <laughs> Which isn't actually love. It's like, well, what was your motivation for doing that? Was it to show up and love them? Or were you hoping that at the end of the day, they'd be like, wow, this person really loves me. Let me do the same for them. But right. it, it comes from that expectation versus I'm just going to show up this way for this person and I have no expectation. And that's where they're like, oh my God, like this person is really investing in me. They really care about me. They're really putting a lot into this. And we're just compelled to do the same. If you've ever had a situation where, and this goes beyond romantic relationships, where someone has just really invested in you and you can feel that. And there's never this expectation of like, okay, now that I've put all this time into you, I want you to do something for me. They're just always there for you. By you know default, you want to do the same for them. And you're like, well, what can I do for you? Or how can I help you? Or you know, it's just this pull to be there for that person. And it's the same thing in relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, peeling it back, it just all comes back to the energy that, you, that, that you're coming from. Yeah, that you're coming from, that you're putting out there. And I mean, I think there's something to be said too about 
just like recognizing when you are in your head versus when you are in your heart space. Yeah. Because when you're in your head, you're taking those actions out of fear. You're thinking, okay, how can I fix this? How can I manipulate this situation the best that I know how? Um, like intellectually, logically, however, trying to figure it out. But then when you're coming from your heart space, you just give. You're uninhibited. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we think too much and we, we don't feel enough. We always try to internalize things or figure out a situation or we we go into our head about it like okay well why is this person doing this and very rarely do we you know come back to to our heart or even just to have a conversation an open conversation with them about the things that are coming up it's like we're very quick to jump to some sort of assumption like oh they're doing this because this this and this and i know that and it's the this idea of knowing that kills off any chance of curiosity in the relationship whatsoever and as long as you think you know the person you're with there are certain things that will come up where you will always deal with it the same way. You're like, oh, I know this. It's the same conversation we've had the last (laughs) three weeks. So I'm going to approach it the exact same way because I know how to deal with it. But it's like falling in love with someone and being in love with someone is not about getting to know who they are and then knowing them so well that you just know how to handle everything. It's waking up every day and being curious about discovering them again newly the mm-hmm. same way you did when you met them because that that magic that you know feeling of like oh my god i really love this person in the in, the, in what people would refer to as the honeymoon phase all that is is you get to come from love you get mm. to be curious about who this person is and how they're showing up and none <laughs> of the fear none of the crap is there but a couple months down the road that's when you start getting your head about oh, well, now I'm scared that, like, what if this doesn't work out because things have been so good and yada, 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 and you get, you know, into that path, and then the issues start to come up. Abraham Hicks says this one. I've heard her say it a few times where she's like, you meet someone, and it's all amazing, and then you all make the fundamental mistake of saying, now tell me about yourself. (laughs) And as soon as you start, like, hearing more about that person or getting to know more about them, then you're starting to sort of categorize them into your old stories of like, oh, well now, like you're right. You meet someone, you're coming from love. You don't have any stories about them. You don't even really know you know, what their behaviors are and things like that, you get to know them a little bit further and now you're like, oh, he does this just like that last guy. And now you're starting to shift slowly or suddenly into this place of fear and what you're getting in response to them has to shift with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a spot on point is this idea of um, starting to categorize people or put them in a box because you start to limit how they can show up. So if you know, the, the the person that you're with reminds you of your ex. There's certain things that they do that remind you of your ex. There's going to be that judgment or comparison there. And as long as you're judging them to that, it's like whenever they show up in a way that reminds you of that, that's immediately what you're going to jump to. You're never going to be able to see it differently until you let go of that. And then that becomes the filter um, through which you view that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. And I think too, like Zoe and I have talked a lot, especially um, at the end of season one, about how what we are imagining is what we create. And so we, and this isn't like necessarily something I've even talked to you about, Dan, but when we shift into fear, when we're coming from fear, we're naturally imagining things that we don't want to happen. We're in fear and we're like, this person's going to reject me. Or we're in fear and we're like, this person's going to leave or they're going to cheat on me or whatever. And we're like literally creating that. Yeah. Yeah. We can go down spirals and then all of a sudden we're in anxiety. Yeah. Coming from that energy. Well, and you have said things to me before about like, it really doesn't serve anyone to be like, what if this person cheats on me? Because even if you had reason to believe that, you're like literally creating that. 
Yeah, yeah. For every what if that you can give me, I can give you another one that's exactly the opposite. Right. So if you sit there and you say, what if my boyfriend cheats on me? I can sit there and say, what if he doesn't? <laughs> right. You know, so what are you tuning yourself to? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like there's always, there's two sides to everything. So you can look at it from a place of fear, which is what if my boyfriend cheats on me? Or you can look at it at a place of, of, of love and say, what if my boyfriend doesn't? What if, you know, the last two guys that cheated on me, you know, that was in the past. That has nothing to do with this person, with the current guy I'm yeah. with. And as long as I pull that into this, you know, there's a good chance you'll cheat on me because right. I'm so focused on that happening. Everything I'm doing is going to push this guy away to the point where he's like, well, I don't want to hurt this person because I love them, but I also don't want to be in this relationship. So now what do I do? Well, and I mean, I think a lot of us have been on the other side of that too, where someone is projecting onto you expectations that they have from past relationships, Yeah. where it's like they expect you to cheat on them or they expect you to do X, Y, Z. And like, it is so hard to not just pull away from that person altogether because it's like, I don't have a chance in actually showing up for you the way that I want to because you don't see me any other way than the one that you are determined to see me. Yeah, and it's it's we we take it as a judgment of character. Like you know, if someone comes to us, we start dating them, and then you know, a month in, let's say you're dating a guy, and a month in, he says, "Hey, you know what? My my ex girlfriend cheated on me. I'm really afraid that you're going to do the same thing." And the conversation goes down that road. To to us, we we see it as an objective thing. Like they're judging our character objectively. It somehow means something about about us, but it's not real. It's not the truth. Just because they're saying that doesn't mean anything about us. So we can sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, they're saying that I'm someone who would cheat on them, which is not what they're saying. They're not saying that at all. What they're saying is I was in a relationship where this happened and I have a big fear that it'll happen again. So in that conversation, one of the first things we always do is we jump to this defensive position of like, well, I wouldn't cheat on you and here's why. And we try to prove to them that we're not that kind of person. But in reality, all that person is looking for in that situation is for you to get the the pain, the fear, like really understand where, they where they're coming from, why they feel the way they feel. There's nothing to defend. Mm -hmm. They're not attacking you. They're, you know, in that situation, being vulnerable enough to share with you this experience that impacted them in the way that it impacted them. And now together you have an opportunity to go about things differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's really something to be said about being open to people breaking your patterns mm. and you being yeah. like showing up from that open space, like for example, in that conversation opportunity to help someone work through their patterns. Like once you have awareness of all of this, there's so much power in just being open and allowing people to heal together. Yeah. And that's really what a relationship is, is you have two people that come into it. Um, but they're, you know, two complete people in a sense of they're coming into it. They recognize that they have their own stuff to deal with, but together they're going to deal with those things. Yeah. And it's not projecting them on other people. It's not, you know, that person's not in the relationship with you to take all your garbage and all your baggage and deal with it. It's like you can have those conversations and work through it together. But at the end of the day, that person's there to support you. They're not there to fill the insecurities or the, the holes you've created in your life because that's something that will never happen if you're looking for someone to make you feel loved you'll never feel loved yeah oh i think that one like if you're looking for i think a big thing that we all do is we want to feel secure right we come in with all these stories about just things that have happened in our past all these different fears and we're looking for someone i actually saw a mark groves i know you like 
you sort of resonate with Mark yeah. Groves. He's uh, create the love on Instagram in terms of like what his messages partially and like just he helps people with relationships and things like that. But I saw a quote of his um, recently, which is I'm closed, but I need you to be open. Yeah. Right. And so it's like we we come into relationships with all these fears and these stories. And I think it really takes something to let the other person know what those are, which yeah. is really the only way around them like to be with someone who is willing to be open to what your fears are rather than you like I know for me I just for a long time wouldn't communicate what I had like what the fears were that I had right tried to like paint it like it was all totally fine act as if I didn't have any fears or insecurities and then wonder why (laughs) nothing ever really got resolved yeah it's this it's this crazy situation of like you know both of you standing on the edge together and arguing about who's going to jump first Mm. and you have this expectation that they're going to be the ones to jump first and then they're going to tell you what the bottom is like, or they're going to tell you how the fall was, or, you know, they're going to take that upon themselves. But if you, you know, hold hands and jump together, you're taking on that relationship as a, as a partnership. It's not this individual thing of you need to do this for me. And then if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. But it's this give and take that'll never feel like this equal, you know, um, synchronized relationship. Well, and I think like what that looks like um, on the surface is like waiting, you know, I'll reach out to him if he reaches out to me yeah. or I'll only show, I'm only going to allow myself to sh- give them as much love as they're giving me and not an ounce more. Yeah. Right. So it's this, it's like when you say, um, waiting for the other person to jump, it's like waiting for the other person to make themselves vulnerable, to put themselves in that, yeah. that position of vulnerability before you're willing to. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny because we think somehow it's different on their end. They're thinking the exact same thing we're thinking. Right. You know, we're sitting there thinking, I'm not going to be vulnerable until this person's vulnerable. They're likely over there thinking, I'm not going to be vulnerable until they're vulnerable. So you have this stalemate of sorts of like, well, if I don't jump, you know, they have to jump. And if they don't jump, then I have to jump. But no one wants to actually make the jump at all. And then the relationship starts to go downhill from there because no one's willing to actually take ownership and put in the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think too, like, it's really just as simple as looking at, you know, in your relationships, in your, this really could be applied to anything, but where is it that you're coming from fear? Or what are the fears that you have? How does that like show up for you in relationships? And just like being really aware of that, because if you don't, if you're someone who doesn't have the fulfilling relationships that you want, it's because you have fears to work through. Yeah. Right? You're not getting it because you're not giving it because you're too afraid to. Yeah. That was like the breakthrough of a freaking lifetime for me. <laughs> like, I produce results in all these other areas of my life and I just am love and vulnerability and authenticity. This one area of my life, I'm like this, const- or I have been this like constructed version of myself who doesn't put too much of herself out there and who leaves before the other person can. And, you know, like just no... Like, I want the love of my life, but I don't want to be vulnerable in finding that at all. (laughs) Don't want to take any risk. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, personally, I feel like my fears, it's just me retreating, (laughs) like holding back and building more walls. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, um, a lot of people talk about this sense of security. They want a relationship that's secure. And that's why we we take this, like, safe route of, like, I'm going to be real cautious about how I approach this and, like, they're looking for that security, but they're not willing to give it. So as long as you're in this relationship where you haven't fully invested, you're never going to have that sense of security of like, this is going to be something that lasts for a long time. And the the funny thing about it is like, you're hoping that the other person is going to fully invest. You're hoping that they're going to 
calm all of your insecurities, which, by the way, is like completely insatiable. Like yeah. if you're looking for security in somebody else, they will never. They could be married to you with ten kids. Yeah. Like in a you know with no option of divorce, and you will still not feel secure. Yeah. Because you need them to show up for you in a way that they just can't. Yeah, and I think that's that speaks to you know the divorce rate we have right now is right. incredibly high, and you look at why that might be. Well, people are getting married because they want some sort of security. Right. They're not actually dealing with what is the reason for me wanting that security. What am I not letting go of that has been in my life to you know have these relationships show up the way they're showing up? So they're like, well, you know, for the sense of security, why don't we just get married and we'll have kids and we'll create this like. I'll make it harder for you to back out and leave me. And if I do that, then maybe you won't back out and leave me. But that tears the relationship apart. Right. Right. Because you're still, it's it's always about like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's always about like what it is that you are focusing on, yeah. you're creating, or what it is that you are fearing. Like fear creates undesirable outcomes because we're literally imagining like this person leaving or this person not loving you anymore. or And like that's what you're getting yeah, as and- a result. And it's, it's crazy. It's like, uh, can you imagine being someone or being with someone who's with you because they're scared of being alone in life? It's like, you've got this entire relationship, you've dated for three years, then you get married, then you have kids, you're together for 20 years, and the whole thing is built on this foundation of fear of, well, I, I turned 26 and I was scared that, you know, I wasn't going to find the one, so I married this person and like I held on to everything I could and hoped for the best. But it's like that whole thing was built on this foundation of I'm afraid of being alone. Yeah. Not I love this person and want to be with them. The whole focus is on the fear that you have around it. Right. And then you wonder why it's not a successful relationship yeah. or not yeah. as fulfilling as you had hoped. Yeah. And I think it comes back to this concept that we've introduced you guys before as doing versus being. Like yeah. when you're doing or trying, you're wearing these masks. If you're building a relationship off of fear, that's ba- basically a mask. Like you're trying you're not being your true vulnerable self, which actually would help you have that loving foundation. You're putting up a mask because you're too afraid to face it. Yeah. 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 I think, um, like, I know coming into more, like, love in this area of my life has been considerably harder for me than, like, other areas. Or, like, it's been something I kind of, like, pushed off into. Like, I went to work on my mindset and my business. And, like, this was really confronting for me to, like, really dive down to why do I have this fear and how do I replace it? And... One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is when it comes to coming from this place of love as much as possible, I like to find sort of this like trust in the universe, I think. Yeah. Like, because I think as I can try and try and try and the ego side of me is still going to find things to not trust in other people. Because some of these stories are like so like or like not be triggered, you know, like I don't think that I'll ever completely get there. But that's putting all the responsibility on the other person as opposed to kind of trusting the process of like this person came into my life for a reason and maybe I'm meant to be with them forever or maybe not like kind of finding this place of ease and unattachment through trusting like the process or trusting the universe or whatever versus trusting trying to find trust for either yourself or the other person does that make sense yeah and I think um I think it's a really good point I think that's that's a you know one of the fundamentals of having a great relationship is there has to be some greater source for you right and you know i think that's why religion for a lot of people has been so valuable and so beneficial Mm -hmm. is because they they don't trust in the person they're with they trust in god or they trust in that that figure that idea of something that's bigger that's much greater than the relationship itself and as long as you're there and you're trusting in that, it has nothing to do with the other person. Right. But as soon as you're like, oh, well, I need to trust the other person, and, you know, there's just so much 
is so much um, give and take there, and there's so many things to worry about, and there's 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 so much stuff um, that I think there there needs to be something higher. For some people, that's trusting in the universe. For some people, that's trusting in God. Whatever that may be, it has to be something outside of the situation that you're in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because I don't think like the other person can show up in trust or like show up in that unconditional, you know how you need them to in order for you to completely trust them. Yeah. Because as humans, we have fears and we're going to like look at other people through those lenses regardless of how they, they, you know, how much love they send our way. It's like we're always just looking for ways to be disappointed by other people so that we get to be right about the fact that we couldn't trust them or we couldn't rely on them or whatever. So as long as you're like needing that from someone, you're never going to get it through them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that need for it comes from, from fear. It completely comes from that place. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring into this is like, because I think that there is such a messaging in the like online dating world and a lot of sort of like the dating gurus, if you'll call them that, or even just like popular books. Like honestly, the book, He's Just Not That Into You, that book like really (laughs) instilled from a young age in me, this fear of like, if he's not immediately texting you back, if he's not you know, doing X, Y, and Z, if he's not taking you on these elaborate dates, it's because he's just not that into you. And so then it became this like lens through which I, like even if that person was really showing up for me, I could only see the ways in which he wasn't, right? So I think that like kind of what we're talking about is almost like opposite of that messaging, which is come from love and like show up unconditionally for that person and you're gonna get that reflected back to you. Whereas all these other books, like there's another one. The manual is one that I read, which... Honestly, when when I read that book, um, it it just created a whole stories. handful of new stories for me to take on. Like guys only want me for like my physical body, <laughs> like things like that, right. because that's how their brain apparently works. And like they want the challenge. That yeah. was one. Like be elusive, be unavailable. Which, yeah. by the way, guys, I've read a lot of these books. Never worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like be mysterious and wear a low cut shirt and like, <laughs> like literally that's what it said. But I think that like where that messaging comes from is if you're coming from a place of being unconditional, you don't need that person to show up a specific way for you, and therefore you're coming from love, and that's what you're getting reflected back to you. Yeah. Right. So it's like because people might be thinking like, well, this sounds exactly opposite from what I've heard. But there's truth in what they're saying. It's just that they're making it about actions. It's like if you're sort of not, okay, not unavailable, but if you're like not making one person the center of your universe, it's because you've got things going on about yourself, or with yourself. Like you're, you're not attached to any one person. So you're not introducing fear into your energy field, if you will, or like mm-hmm. into the equation. Um, whereas if you're trying to act as if you don't care, <laughs> you're still coming from fear and it's not going to work. And I think that's why like a lot of this like game playing that people do, you've probably had, you know, people listening to this have probably done the whole, like, I'll wait three hours to text him back or I'll do this or that. It, if you're coming from a place of attachment or fear, the actions don't matter what you're taking. Well, like the actions that you're taking don't matter. You could be texting him every 10 minutes. If you're truly just coming from from love, you're going to have that reflected back to you. If you are texting him once every three days and you're doing it out of fear and attachment, you're going to have that reflected back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of what I take issue with, with what's out there right now, I think there's a lot of like, you know, good advice out there, but at the end of the day, it's advice. And that advice comes from a perspective that someone Mm. has. And as long as you're coming from some sort of perspective of this is what love is, it goes back to this idea of knowing versus curiosity. You know, if you know what love is, there's no way you can discover it. Um, 
And it's like the, I think the one pushback I get a lot is like, well, what if I'm in a relationship and I'm just like really putting myself out there and I'm loving this person, loving this person, loving this person. And despite my efforts, nothing comes of it. Um, you know, do I just keep loving them? Or what if this person is like, you know, terrible to me? Do I just keep loving them through all that? And it's really just to, to me that the answer to that question is, um, you know, you can put as much as you want to put in a relationship. At the end of the day, all you can do, all you can hope for is to create the space for that person to show up and step into. Right. And not everyone's up for that. You know, not everyone that you end up in a relationship with is going to be ready to face the things that they need to face and deal with yeah. their own stuff and step into that space. So I'm not saying that you should be in these you know, god awful relationships where people are terrible to you. It's like you should approach every relationship from this unconditional place of love and know that this person is unique, you know, in this world. They're not similar. They're not the same to anyone else that you've ever been with. They have no connection to those past boyfriends or past girlfriends. They're completely unique. And you show up and you discover love with them. And at the end of the day, if you're in a relationship that you're not happy with, you got to start to ask yourself, why am I here? Am I here because I love this person and I'm willing to do the work? Or am I here because I'm scared of leaving and not finding something else? So a lot of people find themselves in this situation of like, they're in a relationship. They're like, well, I'm putting the love in, but I'm not getting what I want in return. It's like, well, what's your motivation for the relationship and where's that coming from? Mm. Are you actually loving that person and being in that relationship? Or are you just scared you won't find something else that's as good and you have this belief that, well, you know, there's things that I don't really like about this, but if I continue to put in the work, then maybe he'll show up or maybe she'll show up and I don't have to leave and have this fear of not having anyone again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, just listening to you say that again, it's just, it comes back to the, these wounds that we have. And I think sometimes when you first begin to discover what your wounds are and where the stories stem from, sometimes you find yourself in like stuck in a toxic pattern where you you can't like for me personally I couldn't understand if if I was really showing up in love and if I really felt something for this person or if my wounds just wanted wanted to be known and like because we have these we speak about rewiring your brain and sometimes we have these addictions that are just so much in the back of our mind of feeling like you know am I staying here so I, I can continue to get hurt so that wound keeps on being known and fed yeah it's almost like we want we want evidence for the wounds or for our old stories yeah yeah Yeah. i think one of the things i mentioned in the last episode that i've always told myself and told other people is this idea of um we want to be right more than we want to be happy yeah so if we have a story kind of like zoe what you just said if we have a story about like this is just how my life is going to go i'm always going to meet this kind of guy it's always going to end the same way We'd rather, we'd almost rather put ourselves in that situation and prove that to be true than yes. find something different and be like, hey, you know what? There's a different possibility for this. But yeah. we're coming from this place of, well, I have a fear that this is going to happen. It's probably going to happen anyway. So I may as well prove it to myself that this is just the way my love life is going to continue to go for the rest of my life. And then on top of that, not only will I prove it to myself, but I'll go and tell all my friends, this is how men are. It's all like this. Um, sort of subconscious need to protect ourselves or put up these like defense mechanisms of like if you're right then you get to retreat more you get to like push people away or like hold them at at a longer arm's length because you're like look see I thought that people were going to hurt me and I was right so I'm just not going to let anybody in right I was I was right about that and it's like I think it's the ego is fear and so it's the ego convincing you It, it really does take something to like with every action that you're taking 
ask yourself, am I coming from fear or am I coming from love? And like really kind of dominate your ego to the point where it starts to quiet down Yeah, and be like, I'm going to, oh, I'm trying to control the outcome or I'm trying to control somebody's actions towards me. That's coming from fear. I'm trying to make this person change so that I get to feel better. That's coming from fear. How can I come from love in this situation? Yeah. And I think the, just based on what you said, the misconception people have is that that voice is somehow going to go away. That the fears you have or the ego or whatever that may be or, or you know, however you view that is someday going to disappear if you do enough work. So we try to avoid it or we don't mm. listen to it or we don't acknowledge it. And the more we resist that, the more we resist those, those fears that come up, the more they're going to continue to come up because we haven't actually dealt with them. So it's like when we start to acknowledge like, holy crap, like I have this fear that this person's going to leave me. Well, now there's something tangible that I can do about that. It's like, well, how am I going to operate with this person now? Am I going to continue to come from this place that, you know, I'm scared that they're going to leave me? Or am I going to start to have conversations about that or really acknowledge that, hey, this is really there. And I think there's a time and a place to have that conversation with the person you're with where you can be responsible about it. I think a lot of people take this approach of like, I'm going to bring this up, but I'm going to put it on them. So it's like, hey, you make me feel like, um, you know, you're not in this for the long run. But it's completely about them. Whereas you're like, you know, if you show up in that conversation, you're, you're approaching it from a place of like, you know, hey, I've just really noticed one thing I've caught myself thinking of is like, I have this fear that you're going to leave. And I know that comes from, the, you know, this past relationship that I had or this past scenario that happened to me. And it's so unfair for me to project that onto you and expect you to do something about it. Like, it's really my work to be done. Right. But like opening that communication with them. And I yeah. think like having someone who's, open to hearing that like you said not everybody's going to be willing to do the work they need to like meet you at that place of unconditional love yeah right yeah um i don't know i think like i just had such a breakthrough to realize like so much of the old stories that i had or like things that had unfolded that i had turned into stories either about me or about people that i dated had been things that i was totally creating like oh so i had this story of like as soon as i like someone he leaves like yeah. that was like a real story and I and I and then I started getting into like all the energy work and law of attraction and stuff like that and I was like he and and because I had such a belief that you need to not like people too much in order for them to like you or like men want women who are sort of unavailable to them that was like a real story and belief that I had and I'd read all these books that said I mean there was one, this one book called why men love bitches and that's yeah. like exact it's like show him that you care less and he'll want you more. And it was so ingrained within me that I was like, as soon as I like him, he senses this like shift in my energy. And now he's like, oh, I don't really like her anymore because she likes me. And like, that was so real for me. But even just a few months ago, what I realized was that it wasn't that, it wasn't that me deciding that I liked him had him leave. It was that when I decided I liked him, I got into this story of he's going to leave. I moved into so much fear that I literally created that. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with like me liking someone too much. It had everything to do with how the story I had of liking someone too much moved me into an energy of fear. And then all of my actions, everything came from that energy. And that was now what I was. It's like when I didn't like them enough or wasn't really sure, or just not attached. I just wasn't I didn't have fear. Like I wasn't offering fear to the situation at yeah. all and so I was like just coming from this place of like easiness and fun and then I was getting that reflected back to me so that was like a real for me to realize it's not it's not that like you know men don't like women if you like them too much or whatever the story was he's just not that into you it's that where at what point in time do you move into an energy of fear because you're going to start getting a different version of that person as soon as you do that and it was like clockwork yeah it's this very um 
it's almost like you're you're you know it's almost like you've stepped in quicksand and <laughs> you're so you're so aware of like the surroundings and like how happy you are and being in the moment and all of that that you don't realize that you're sinking and you know once you're waist deep you're like holy shit i'm i'm way deeper than i want to be i need to pull back a bit mm-hmm. so it's like in these relationships you know you start it and there's there's you know date 1 you're unattached date 2 you're unattached date 3 you're unattached there's no like oh you're not thinking about the future you're not thinking about you know what's going to happen with this guy or where things are going to go you're just enjoying the moment but then on date 4 you know he asks a question and it you know then gets real and you're like oh my God, like, is this someone that I'm really falling for that I can see myself spending a good amount of time with or maybe my life with? And that's when all the fears come up. There's a bit of a lag time before that happens, but then there's this switch. And it's no longer about being in the moment with that person, enjoying it and being attached and just having this unconditional love for them. It's like, okay, well, now I need to get things in check. And now I need to do this and I need to protect myself. I need to make sure that I'm covering all my bases while being in this relationship. And then, you know, you have this story that men lose interest when you've shown your interest. When you look at the bigger picture like that, it's like, well, men lost interest when I stopped being interested in them because I've now pulled away from that situation. In my experience, it wasn't that I lost interest. It was actually that I got more attached. Yeah. Once I was more interest, more interested, then I was like kind of energetically anyways, like clinging onto it. My yeah. actions usually, that was, I mean, when I was younger and I didn't really understand any of the energy stuff, that was the part that was so frustrating was I was like, I'm not showing up any differently. Mm. Like I'm masking this fear that I have so well. How is it that like this, and it's honestly within like the course of a day, you move into fear, that gets reflected back to you immediately. (laughs) And so it was like, even when I'm continuing to act the same all of a sudden, and I mean, this is not, I make it sound like I've dated hundreds of guys that this has happened with. Like, I think that I've had lots of experiences to the contrary as well, but like our ego just focuses on the evidence for that story. So, you know, I've had similar patterns probably three or four times, I think. Um, But that's the one that I like chose to focus on. And then I started focusing on it more, started like adding to it, talking to other people who had same experiences. And even to this day, I have to be careful about, you know, if I'm talking to a girlfriend about an experience she's having with a guy, I want to project like this old story. It's like right there for me of like, oh, I think that you should, you know, pull back a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's been like so ingrained within me. And so now just in the last couple of months, you know, like that is there's this heaping pile of fear that I wasn't aware of. And now I have to go to work on replacing that with love. If I ever want to attract the relationship that I want and not push it away in in this switch that happens yeah yeah it's um i know i mentioned um before like people have these like second degree triggers where you hear a conversation happening and you're triggered by the conversation that's happening because you can put yourself in their shoes right but it's like um you know once that fear comes up for you any change in your energy or the way that even if you think you're like oh well i'm the best actor in the world or actress in the world i can mask this as soon as that comes up, it's like they're being hit with the same thing you're being hit with at the same time. So all of your fears come up is usually met with all of their fears coming up. And one maybe happens slightly before the other, but it's usually something that happens at the same time. So if like, you know, you look at that example, you're both caught in quickstand. You're so, you know, focused on scrambling to get out yourselves that you're not looking at the other person and saying, how can we work together in this? How can we actually go through the motions to deal with our own stuff? but do it as a team, do it as a partnership. And I think that's what, you know, the fundamentals of a relationship is, is to have that, you know, unwritten agreement of like, we're in this together. We have our own things that we're bringing into this, but we're there to support each other through them. But it are it, it, it is our own stuff. It's not on you mm-hmm. to make me feel a certain way, but I know that I can lean on you and you can lean on me and we can help each other through what we need to get through. 
Yeah. So you're being awfully quiet over there. Oh, I'm just like downloading all this. <laughs> <laughs> like, so many breakthroughs. So many, really. <laughs> well, I know and like you and I had a conversation a little while ago just about a situation that you were in where it was like you didn't even realize where you were coming from fear. I know. Where it was like someone yeah. reaching out to you and your response to them was very shielded in terms yeah. of like, well, I think that I'm showing my my feelings here. But when I hear it, I'm like, it's so coded within there. It's so like... I'll let you know that I have feelings for you, but like <laughs> in a very sort of hidden manner or like very unvulnerable. Yeah. Way. And I think like, I don't know, just as we're talking about this, <laughs> you're like heaping pile of fears and I'm like, oh, I still have all the fears. Like I'm still, I'm still working so much like through this presently. And I think it's so, once you're, when you're ready to dive in, like it can be a scary thing, but I know that it's rewarding. Like you, you know that when you do make these bring these awarenesses to the surface of old stories and you kind of release them and then you see a reflection come back to you through someone else. Um, it is so rewarding because you actually energetically see that you're up-leveling and that things are working and that energy is being shifted around mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Well, and I think that's why like, I bring up finding trust for like the process or something bigger than you rather than being like how do I go to work on all of these fears and get rid of all of them because like Dan said like they never the stories never completely go away or like you never a lot of these triggers are very subconscious Mm -hmm. but it's like through the awareness and then through finding like a trust for the process and I was talking to um a friend a few weeks ago who a few years ago manifested her soulmate like she was in her late 30s she'd been she'd been talking to me for a couple of years but like I'm just so ready for my best friend and when she met that person the other person was in a relationship um, or not in a relationship actually in a marriage getting out of a marriage and so my friend said you know I knew that there was like I'd never felt this way I finally met this person who made me feel this way and I knew that there was a good chance that she was going to have to you know get out of this this marriage and need some time like there was a good chance that I was gonna be heartbroken through this and she was like but I just decided that I was okay either way and like I was gonna be grateful for the time that I got to spend with her regardless of you know how long that was maybe she was only meant to be in my life for two months and point me in a direction maybe she was my soulmate and it was gonna go forever maybe she would need to leave for a year and then come back but none of that was up to me and so I just let it go and I decided I like even if there was a mountain of hurt I was gonna be appreciative of this either way and what ended up happening was she never moved into an energy of fear more than she was in an energy of love and they you know are now like they never broke up they're like traveling the world together they're absolutely soulmates they're so in love um but she never like it could have been so easy for her to be like i finally met this person she's getting out of a marriage i you know i'm probably gonna get hurt through this but she never did that she had trust for the process and trust she's very spiritual trust for something bigger in her and so she never moved into an energy of fear and thus she's still in this relationship i think that's so powerful too and just that that theme that you can have that i'm good either way good either way if you are taking on that growth mindset that open mind like okay let this teach me whatever it's going to teach me and I'm just going to try my best of just showing up in love mm-hmm. and, and like I'm good either way and I'm appreciative of this person they've been brought to me for like I think this is part mm-hmm. of like trusting the universe or whatever is being like this you get to see people in a different light you get to see them as the teachers who have been chosen to to come to you rather than projecting all your stories and being like this person has been brought to me for a reason I'm gonna find 
love and appreciation for that and they're going to be here for as long as they're supposed to be here yeah and there's so much power in that gratitude too because you're not a victim to your life like it's again bringing it back to like we take responsibility uh based on what's being reflected back to us and like take responsibility for your stories and how that's being reflected back to you but then you can recognize like oh everyone was a teacher in the past like that person who did xyz to me in the past it didn't feel good at the time but look at all the awareness that it brought to Mm -hmm. me look at how much it taught me and where i am now well this is something you and i talked about quite a bit dan because like you have a girlfriend and i remember you saying like you know it's gonna go however it's meant to go Mm. and you had you know substantial feelings for this person but you you like i would say 95 percent of the time were allowing it to be what it was meant to be yeah yeah there was there was moments in it where um when i as soon as i got attached to what the outcome should be right like before we we started dating um when i was attached to this idea of like we need i need to be in a relationship with this person um, that's when things kind of, right. you know, shit hit the fan. Um, right. Whereas the more I was just showing up unconditionally, like, hey, you know what? I just want this person to be happy and feel loved. And if that's, you know, if that means spending, you know, the time and being in a relationship with me, then that's great. If it means being in a relationship with someone else, that's great too. But I, I was unattached to this idea of like who that is coming from. It was more, I'm just going to show up this way and things are going to turn out how they turn out. And I think, you know, people are meant to be in our lives to complement what we already have, not to replace what we don't. Mm. Um, And when we feel like, you know, their purpose in our life is to fill some sort of gap or some sort of void, then we're expecting them to fill the things that we feel like we don't have. And those gaps, you know, we have them for a reason. It'll it'll never be enough. And we'll focus so much on that that we won't get to appreciate the things that they do complement in our life. And there is one thing Zoe mentioned, um, a couple of minutes ago about like um kind of like putting out like hints or putting out like feelers of like i'm gonna give you an idea of how i feel about mm-hmm. something but wait for you to fill in the blanks um and i think both men and women do it in their own ways girls like to talk about it a lot and i i speak to more women than men uh, around this stuff so i'm a bit biased towards that but um, girls like to say, oh, well, I gave him all the hints. <laughs> I've, know, I've I, totally done that. I, I showed him, like, cl- it's clearly that, you know, clearly, clearly I like him. Yeah, clearly I like him. Like, why hasn't he asked me out yet? It's like, well, what have you actually done? It's like, well, you know, I've sat next to him and I've kind of looked at him and smiled. <laughs> and one time I, like, almost held his hand, but I didn't. And they get in this whole, like, they start listing off all the actions that they've taken. And as they're saying them out loud, they're like, okay when I look at the bigger picture, it's like, why would anyone pick up on this at all? <laughs> especially men. I mean, we love you men, but oh, especially yeah. like the idea that like men pick up on all of women's cues is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. <don't>. <laughs> We're generally oblivious to it. And even the ones we do pick up on, as soon as we see them, it's like, okay, well, she just put her hand on my hand. Is that because she likes me? Does she just think I'm a good friend? Like we have our right, own right. internal process for them. So even if we recognize them, we're just as in our head as you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So good. And all of that, again, is like fear of like, I'll only, I'll, you know, gently graze his hand with my hand. But if he doesn't immediately grab it, it's because he doesn't like me. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so then it's just like, again, it's this like protection mechanism or walls. And we're hoping that someone's going to like break through them. Actually, Dan and I have both been watching Love is Blind on Netflix, which is this like garbage dating show that makes no sense at all. (laughs) People, you know, what's funny is I posted it on my Instagram and I had at least 10 people be like, oh, thank God. It's not just me loving this show because it's so bad but it's like two people meet inside 
a pod where they can actually see each other and they get to know each other through a series of dates over 10 days and the only way they get to get out of the pod is for the man to propose to the woman and then they get to spend a month together and at the end decide if they want to get married or not and like it's been really interesting watching how because essentially it all comes down to this you're either like some of them are coming from love and some of them are coming from fear most of them are coming from fear and that just manifests in very different ways in terms of how people are showing up or acting on the show you kind of get to be like a fly on the wall watching something like that. Yeah, it's an, and it's interesting to, you very rarely see it in yourself, especially right. in the moment. And I think it takes a, a serious amount of awareness to be like, okay, this is where I'm coming from. Um, and that's where I think my role becomes particularly important is I get to be that that gap mm-hmm. closer for people where I can be like, okay, don't worry about you know holding up the mirror. I'll hold it up for you. And we'll look together rather than you trying to figure this stuff out. And even in you know my own scenarios, my own situations, my own relationship, there are things that come up where in the moment I'm so like dead set on like no, I'm I'm being loving, like I'm being way too loving in this situ- situation. And it's only when I reflect back on it later, or, you know, sometimes I have to send Lauren a message and, <laughs> and I'll be have, like Dan. <laughs> have her tell me the same the same things I tell her over and over again. But it's only it's only then do I realize oh my god, like I'm not coming from a loving place at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's nice to be able to see it from a like a, you know a different perspective. It's very hard to see it when we're in it because that's where the emotions and all the things cloud our judgment and cloud our perspective of it. We're very protective of what perspective we have on the situation and the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> so powerful, really. Well, I think it's just like there's just so much information out there about relationships and. Even, like, I mean, there's a whole industry. Industries and industries built on, like, looking better, losing weight, wearing different clothing, being more appealing to the opposite sex. All of it's, like, BS. Because all of it is hiding fear, mm-hmm. you know? It's not to say that there's no, like, merit in feeling good about yourself and dressing yourself up if that's what feels good. But it's, like, the energy that you're coming from is what is, is uh, you know, is what is dictating what you're getting back. So we think that it's all this surface level stuff, how I look, what I'm wearing, how I'm acting, the text messages I'm sending, when I'm sending them, it's none of those things. And there are people we've met, everybody's met people, or maybe you even are one of these people who like has covered all those bases, has all the games down, whether you know it or not, you know, has the, has always like put together to the nines and yet you don't have the love that you want in your life. And the reason is that you're coming from fear. And so you're not able to receive love, even if you look like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. As you're saying that, what I'm thinking of is, uh, I haven't heard this in a long time. Or I don't hear it as much anymore, but there's this always this idea that women love men who are confident. Um, and they're attracted to men that like hold themselves in that way. And I'm sure it's the same thing um, with men. But mm-hmm. this idea that it's because they're confident, I think, is, is, is a little bit off. I think it really has more to do with they're not dictated by the fears that they have. Exactly. You've got these men that you know will approach a woman in a bar or in a club or in that kind of environment, and they're clearly nervous. They're clearly fearful of the rejection. And that energy goes in that interaction. And right. then, of course, you know, being a woman, I'm sure that's like, okay, well, this isn't very appealing at all. But if you have a guy that comes up and those fears aren't a factor, they're not the things that lead the conversation. It's like, oh, I want to get to know this person. Yeah. But it's like that's because they have some sort of foundation of love or some sort of foundation of confidence of who they are and what they offer. 
that has them show up the way that they show up. Well, and it's also like this unattachment. If you're confident, and this is like a manifestation principle. I mean, Zoe and I launched a course on manifestation, or sorry, on um, on confidence, because we recognize that when you are confident, you're coming from unattachment. You don't need people and things and money to fill you up. Yeah. You, so you're not like, I need this so that I get to feel good about myself, mm-hmm. right? And and that, again, like the fastest way to chase someone away is to need them on like a, uh, and this often isn't even something that you are communicating with them, but to need them to fill you up or make you feel a certain way, that just comes across as like, it, it's it's just not like a good energy to be around. And it also is like putting a huge responsibility on someone else that they can't fill for you anyway. So when someone's confident, yeah, it's super attractive because it's like a loving, unattached energy. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, fear or attachment is the energy that repels. When you are confident, you don't have those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's where I think you can be confident in yourself or you can be confident like in the universe or in something bigger or in the process or whatever, whatever sort of feels good to you guys I know for me like when I'm dating someone and I really like them it's almost like I'm a pretty confident person in a lot of areas of my life and it's like that just goes out the window as soon as I feel vulnerable yeah and you start like talking down to yourself and start convincing yourself that you're not good enough and so it's like for me I have to reach for something more than just relying on my own confidence at least in that area of my life yeah confidence is very um we talk a lot about trying to get more confident or be more confident confidence is just trust trust in something Mm. Um, and if we look at it from that light, it's like, it's not about being a certain way. You're not going to go and you know, spend a couple grand on a new outfit or something like that. Like that's not going to generate, a yeah, yeah. it's a bandaid. It's a, you're going to feel confident for a bit and then all the issues are going to come back up. It's really that trust. And it again, comes back to that trust in something bigger and the, you know, the, the person that can come up to you and, you know, try to hit things off or ask for your number or whatever and deal with that rejection is the person that's like, well, I know that there's something bigger out there for me. Not the person that's like, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. And if it doesn't work out, I'm alone forever. forever. I'll go home. I'll just like deal with myself for another month before I work up the courage to actually go and approach this person again or this other person and do the exact same thing. And it's this (laughs) very, you know, vicious cycle of that versus, oh, well, it didn't work out that's it. I'm not going to carry that into the next day. I'm just going to, you know, start the next day newly and do what I want to do in life. I remember like three or four years ago I had, it was like when I was first getting into online dating, I'd met this, well not met, I'd just connected with him. Like we were like literally just at the point of exchanging phone numbers and he would like reach out and ask how my day was going. And if I like literally didn't have the time to respond for a few hours because I had a full day worth of clients, I'd get this like very passive aggressive message from him later on being like, you know, don't want to be a, a hindrance to you or like, sorry if I'm bothering you or something like that. And I was like, no, I just like, and in the end, he ended it before we even met because he it was just like, there was so much projection going on of like, he had some story, I'm, I would be willing to put money on the fact, he had some story about how like women don't like him enough or yeah. something like that. And so something as small as me being literally back-to-back clients to the point where I couldn't respond to a text message for a few hours would have him move into fear and rejection and be like, you know what? I don't think this is what I'm looking for. Bye. I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) So it's interesting being on the other side of it as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, in a lot of situations, the worst thing you can say is nothing to someone because they'll make up whatever they want to make up. Um, which is why I think communication really comes into it. Um, and especially in the, in, in the era of social media, 
you know, the, the biggest thing that comes up for a lot of people is like, well, you posted on Instagram two yeah. hours ago, but you couldn't respond to my text. Um, so the more communication you have in a relationship, and if your job involves social media, to be able to convey that to the person you're with and say, you know what, throughout the day, there are things I'm going to post, like I'm focused on this, but I'm doing that. It comes back to that conversation in the last episode of priority versus compromise. Like I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this so that we can spend the time to get the other at the end of the day. And I'm not doing all those things then. But the more communication around that, the less room there is for someone to assume anything. And the assumptions are what kill us because the the, the more gaps there are in our communication, the more room there is for someone to assume. So if we're very honest, we're very open, and we're conveying everything that we need to, there's less room for them to assume anything. And that kind of relationship builds the trust for each other. And you know, you're able to be openly communicative about the things that are important to both of you. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before? We close this I, yeah, out. I don't know. I think that's good. I'm very curious uh, to our listeners, like how what what transformed or changed for you through these conversations with Coach Dan. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, maybe just even just getting out of some of the old stories of, you know, this is how men show up for me or women show up for me or like I can't trust people or if I like someone they stop liking me. Like just realizing all of that was just fear, and so fear is manifesting for you as being let down or that person leaving or rejection or whatever. Like, I think like there's, I'm hoping there was a lot of like opportunity for more self-awareness yeah. for our listeners. Because I know for me, like this is something that just keeps unfolding. Even a couple of months ago, I didn't realize how much fear I was, it was all conditional. It was all like kind of orchestrated um, actions. As soon as I liked someone, I was mm-hmm. like operating from this very sort of constructed or like man- not, not like I was manipulating my own actions out of this fear. Right. Instead of just like being who I am, which is like pretty free and I don't overthink things too, too much. So like this is something that even I'm just still continuing to unpack. Um, and I don't think that ever really ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think one um, one thing that, you know, anyone can take away from this and go out and do in their lives that I think will have a big impact is just, you know, whatever you think you know about love and dating and relationships and, and men or women or, you know, whoever it is that you're dating. Um, put that aside for for even one date or one interaction Mm. and one conversation and see how that person shows up differently. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, if you're willing to put your perspective aside and just try that, worst case scenario, you know, you try it, you're like, okay, well, this didn't work out how I wanted. Fine, go back, hold on to your perspective for as long as you want (laughs) and, you know, allow that to impact your life. But if you're just willing to put it aside and try something different, create a new perspective, look at things differently and go down that route. I think you'll see how different, you know, relationships and dating can be. Well, and the the worst case scenario is that you entered into it being, you know, fully yourself, being unconditional love. And if that person isn't able to meet you there, you don't have anything to regret because you were like, well, I was just being myself. Whereas if you like constructed this version of yourself and everything was very calculated and they end up leaving which they likely will or like it won't go the way that you want because you're coming from fear and doing that mm-hmm. now it's like all these questions of like how should I have acted differently or how come this wasn't enough or whatever if you're just like I'm just gonna be myself and if it's meant to be it'll be there's nothing later to it's like if that person leaves or if it doesn't go the way that you want it to it's like literally there's nothing for you to regret yeah. it's like, well this wasn't meant for me <laughs> Yeah, and you can feel that gratitude. And then you can just go back to the act of self-love with that. Like, even if the relationship didn't go the way that... I'm proud of myself. Yeah, you did the best that you could with where you were at, with Mm -hmm. your level of consciousness in that situation. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, what Dan's saying is just, like, try it out for 
like you said, like one date. Just mm-hmm. be yourself and take on the idea that who exactly who you are is more than enough. Because and this is something you've said to me, Dan, is like everybody is just looking for permission to be good enough as who they are or to yeah. feel good enough as who they are. And when you show up that way, you give other people permission to do the same. Like, is there anything that we want more than to feel like exactly who we are is good enough? Yeah. Or more than good enough, like freedom to just be ourselves. So when you do that, you grant other people around you that permission, which is like the biggest thing that you could possibly give somebody. Yeah, you create that space and that environment. Yeah. We talked about. And if they can't show up in, in that, then like, I mean, there's more work for them. To, like, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, and some of our biggest role models, the people we look up to, the people we're inspired by, are the people that are most being themselves in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, even jealousy and envy a lot of that stems from like, I want to be that so bad. And it's not that you want to be that person. You want to be able to be as confident as they are yes. with themselves. And it's like until you let go of the expectation you think the world has of you, of how you should show up, you won't actually truly get to be yourself. Right. Yeah. Which is where all this like protection and fear and everything comes in anyway. So yeah. I think like unconditional love try just shedding it upon some people in your life for the next week and see what happens in terms of how that's quickly reflected back to you. And just, yeah, look at, like constantly ask yourself, where am I coming from in these actions or this text that I'm sending or how I'm responding? Is it, am I in fear? Am I in defense or am I in in love? Because yeah, yeah, what you're putting out there is what you're going to get back. Yeah. And you can come from love with anyone. It's not just, you know, romantic. You can do it with your family, with your friends and see how they show up differently as a result of you doing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Dan, one more time, where can our listeners find your, some info on you? Dan's like not really on Instagram, by the way, which like we always joke that we're going to like start an Instagram account for you. Yeah. So I'm sure the Instagram will, will happen at some point, but I I do have a website. I think Lauren's going to link it. Yeah. Uh, And then I'll kind of give you an outline again. I I mentioned on the last episode, just, you know, the work I do, how I do it, it. It's really an eight week process um, that I work with people and um, over that eight weeks we really start to look at some of these patterns that have continued to come up and why they come up and again look at things from that perspective of being a mirror and how can mm-hmm. we now create a new perspective that's going to change the the you know way our like relationship shows replacing up replacing the fear with love so that you get to project more of that and then get it back yeah. in response it's really as simple as that yeah yeah they, they can't coexist it's like light right. and darkness right um, you know fear and love can't coexist so when you can start to replace that fear with love and come from that place, then everything starts to show up differently. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the not too distant future. (laughs) But uh, we'd love to know what you guys thought about these somewhat different topics. Yeah. Low and Zo, because we're still very much working through our own stories in this area. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why, yeah, we were lucky to have Dan on. Yeah. Thank you. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant.